Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Best of All Leading League Sports. And today we have a Combat Sports Saturday slate. Now, first of all, I just want to give a little bit of a uh, update about the entire um, the entire podcast, everything like that. Just let you know that I wasn't planning on uh, abandoning the podcast for a minute. Uh, you know, just kind of went on a little bit of a vacation. I have to talk about that for a little bit. Um, I was able, uh, I was fortunate enough um, to to uh, get in contact with some great people over at USA Boxing, which is awesome. I got to meet uh, Mike McAtee, the coaches, the Olympic coaches, and a bunch of great people who work with uh, USA Boxing. And I was able to uh, to watch the, um, the, the Olympic trials in Lafayette, Louisiana, as well as um, getting to see a bunch of guys um, and, and also kids too, and girls, all like just everybody, they were all there. Um, there was nationals going on. And on top of that too, there was Olympic finals going on, just great stuff. Um, I was able to meet a few great people. I was able to meet, um, Dustin Poirier. I was able to meet, uh, Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, I was able to meet some really good people, man. And, uh, it was a really great experience. It was awesome to see those kids that, um, you know, be that high level at their age. Some of them being, you know, younger than 10 years old, some of them being 13. And, you know, they that's just what they know. And the best part about it is it, it kind of gives an outlet and the sport of boxing really gives a great outlet um, in terms in terms of, uh, you know, what you can hone things to. You know, it can be a, a sort of, uh, you know, painful therapy, but it's something to get stress out. And on top of that too, it gives you, it gives you something to focus on and it makes you really disciplined. And that's one thing that I really respect about, about the sport. Um, and it was really cool. It was really cool being able to, being able to meet all these great people, um, you know, who's working there. Uh, it was awesome to, to see all these great uh, boxers up and coming. And on top of that too, it was great to just watch all these guys just have great matches. And, um, you know, even though I was, I was doing a little bit of work um, for school because I just finished up exams this week. I mean, it was great, man. And then, you know, we obviously have a uh, football going on right now. We have Shohei Otani going to the Dodgers. Uh, you know, we have Wimbenyama beating LeBron last night uh, as of this recording. And, you know, just a bunch of crazy things going on. I mean, there's injuries left and right in the NFL. There's college football things going crazy. So many great players have gone to the transfer portal, such as Dylan Gabriel. You have Kyle McCord maybe trying to get away at, from uh, Ohio State. Um, and, you know, you get to see Tiger Woods' son. I mean, he's now 14 years old and he's looking great. Uh you know, there's so many great things going on right now in the world of sports. But uh, one thing that I am very excited for is just this this fight card going on tonight. UFC 296. We have a great card. We have we have a great main card. Um, and you know the the, the prelims are great, but um, just because of time's sake, I'm actually going to Rochester, New York, to see uh, my grandpa. Uh, shout out, pops. Love you, man. Um, I get to see him. Uh, uh, a little bit later on uh, at around like maybe 12 or one o'clock in the morning because um, I have a late flight today. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and just break down the main event. Uh, I mean, no, not the main event, the main card. Go ahead right quick. But the one thing I want to mention first off, too, is that I know that I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of interesting um, speculation about what's been going on with uh, Ian Gary and whatnot and like what he's gone, what he's going on in, in, uh, in his personal life, obviously. But the one thing is for him, man, like. I know that I know that like one thing one one big criticism that that I will give him is you know he's he's working on kind of building that 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 aura of self-confidence and everything like that and just talking like pretty pretty confident which is great but the one thing that that I just have to say when it comes down to it is like you can't just talk all this stuff and then and then eventually try to say that um 
well, no, not try to say, just talk all this stuff about some people, about, about people. And then after that, like they have stuff come up about you as well. And like, you're trying to poke, poke at someone else. And then you threaten to sue. Like that doesn't really make sense. Uh, but that's like my only kind of criticism when it comes to Ian. Ian's a very great striker, a very great fighter. Um, but the one thing is, man, he just needs to slow down. That's all he needs to do. And, and like, it's not, and here's the thing with what he's got in his, in his personal life, that's completely up to him. You know what I mean? Like that's completely up to him. He, I, you know, he's a, he's a grown man and I know that he's getting a lot of flack for it. And I understand some of the things that, that, that has happened with him, especially getting kicked out of a few gyms and everything like that. We get that. But the thing is you really have to be careful with you know, how you move sometimes when it comes to being a fighter and you're becoming an up and coming star and you're becoming really, really, really marketable to some people. And, you know, um, you know, you just got to watch out. You just got to watch out for what you need to do and you need to be more aware of certain things. And especially with like how, how, like I didn't really take too much of a, of a great, like, I didn't really take it too great when he was able to, when he put Neil, uh, yeah, Jeff Neil on a, on a t-shirt with his mugshot. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, you know, I don't think that's great. And then, like I said, when, when you have someone, uh, who does that to someone, like it's not really the greatest. Then also you tried to say that, uh, Neil Magny beats his kids, which isn't true. Um, and we saw that and he caused that kind of disruption. The, th- the thing is, I just think that Gary just really needs to be careful of like how he navigates these waters because I mean, obviously right now, a lot of people are talking about him and you know, he, he, he made his own little promo and everything like that. Just talking about, well, they hate how you talk. They hate your parents. I mean, they, they hate your, they hate your family, everything like that. We get that. Or we get that you're trying to push certain things. Some of those things might be true. Some of those things might not. But the thing is, like, he just really needs to watch out how he navigates uh, the waters right now, because if he does beat, if he does beat someone like Luke or someone in the top 10 and he and he one day becomes a champion and he one day like gets the opportunity to put on great fights, he needs to get back in the good graces by just navigating the the MMA community. Well, not even just the MMA community, just the landscape of just, you know, the fight game itself and just be a little bit more aware of what you put out and and especially with especially with threatening to sue. And, and also on top of that, just constantly threatening to sue when all these guys are stating is facts. Some of these guys that are stating is facts when it comes to uh, what's going on. And like when you constantly do that and then, and then you know, you're, you're saying that, you, that you're fearing for the safety of your family, you have to be careful of what you put out first. Because sometimes when, when you say certain things, that can have a big that can blow up back in your face. And, and I think and I think that's something that he probably wasn't really aware of with Neil Magny, especially with that. I mean, because Neil Magny basically had to fight for custody of his kids because, because Ian was trying to say that, yeah, Neil Magny beats his kids. He doesn't do that. He said he would discipline them. And I know, I know that when it comes to beating your kids, like if someone, if one of your kids does something wrong and you smack them, it's not like you, you, you grab them by the, by the neck and then you just beat the crap out of them. No, that's not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's a, dis- it's a disciplinary action. I know that a lot of people definitely have, I know that a lot of people definitely have different, different takes and opinions on that. Um, but that's just what it was. It's not like he just, he just comes home and just beats up his kids all day. Like he doesn't do that. Um, and you know, just, that's one thing that Gary has to be very, very, you know, when it comes to certain topics like that, he should be very well informed before making that kind of, before that kind of comment, especially, especially if he tries to make, try to make it blow up into this whole thing and, you know, just hurts the wrong person. Then, and then eventually you hurt someone else and then 
And then after that, you know, at the end of the long run, you're doing more hurt to yourself for, for speaking misinformation. And that's what I'm trying to get here. But anyway, enough of that. I mean, the only thing I got to say for that is, you know, hopefully at, at some point he, he gets a little bit better with that, just spreading what information he does. Um, and you know, that's it. I mean, and on top of that too, like, he has the he has the potential to go very far. He has a he has the potential to become a champion. But the thing is, another thing too, is when he when he said that when he started to make like a few of those videos, uh, and there was one where he said that you know the more people talk, the more I get pissed off. It get like it gets me pissed off. And then he said I might go up to one eighty five because he's having a little bit of a beef with Strickland. Strickland, I know Strickland was was calling you out for some of the other personal things. That's like completely up to you, but. Like, you can't necessarily make a threat to sue and then try to act all hard and then just go, like, all right, I'm going to go up to 185 and beat you up. Like, like we like we saw we saw what you would do before. That's just in my opinion, though. Like, I'm not I'm not here to just shit on Ian Gary the entire time. I'm not trying to be part of my language. But when it comes to that, man, like like I said, just it's plain and simple. Like, I understand that you're that you're talking about you're talking about like defamation everything everything that sean stated i'm pretty sure was facts and that's just one thing that you can't just do you can't just go like oh well like oh my hair was you try to say my my hair was blonde and i just bleached it brown i'm suing you for defamation or, or saying something stupid like that it's like dude just watch out for what you're trying to sue people for and you don't need to try to sue people like like i don't like like it's not necessarily the the like the most legit reason because all this stuff is pretty much public information. Like, just anyway, moving forward. Um, but for Josh Emmett versus Bryce Mitchell, this is going to be the replacement for that fight on the main card. Um, and the one thing that sucks about this fight is that Bryce Mitchell is coming is coming into this one a little bit on short notice. But I mean, this fight is very winnable for for either guy. But it might be a little bit tougher for Bryce. But when it comes to Josh Emmett, I mean, even though he's old, you the one thing that you cannot deny about him, he has great resiliency. He's very tough, and on top of that too, like he will he will keep coming no matter how hard he is hurt, um, or or how badly he's hurt. Because when he gets hurt, you know. Um, it's very, it's very terrifying to see his face when it gets all busted up. Cause like, I mean, a lot of people make fun of like what he looks like in the first place. Um, saying that like he looks like an orc or something like that. But the thing is with Josh, man, he does not care. He is a, he's a savage and everything like that. And you really need to watch out for how well he can blitz forward. And that's something that he has to do against, against, uh, against Mitchell. And the thing is he needs to take the range away from Mitchell because even though Mitchell is, is very good on the ground, if he can take away, if he can take away a little bit more of the range and those kicks to the body, I think that with Emmett, I definitely think that he also needs to, he also just needs to, besides let his hands go, he also needs to start throwing more kicks maybe to the legs, end it with a leg kick or start with a leg kick, start a combination with that. And then after that, throw the hands after. Um, and on top of that too, like he has the opportunity, he, he can also take the fights to the ground whenever he needs to. And he also has really great power. But the one thing that, that he, I mean, that we saw a little bit of when he fought Deporia, he would overextend a few times. And even though he was getting clipped a little bit, that's one thing that you can't do against a wrestler. Because if you overthrow and you throw too much, you're probably going to be slipped underneath and you might be getting taken down. Because Bryce Mitchell has a great ground game. And on top of that too, man, you really need to watch out for what he can do against great strikers. I mean, the way that he was able to win against Barboza, I mean, he was able to take him down. And also he dropped him. He, Bryce dropped him um, in the very first round. And then on top of that too, like 
he's going to try to play that that game of landing body kicks. He's going to throw kicks to the legs like the sidekick or like a sidekick to the body, sidekick to the leg, and maybe even a wheel kick. It doesn't really look the greatest, but um, when it comes to him too, man, like he can also just land that straight left or right or right hand whenever whenever he switches stances and whenever he whenever he can also establish that range he has to he has to establish range and on top of that maybe start a combination and then end it with a takedown he can't just go on a one-off shot because if he tries i feel like emmett's going to be able to shoot because emmett even though emmett isn't the tallest guy in the world i feel like his stance his stance is already kind of just like a little bit a little bit hunched over just a little bit but he's probably going to be predicting that shot. So I'm just saying, like, for Bryce, he really needs to be methodical of how he enters with the takedown, for sure. And now a very big one, obviously, we have Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblets. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a question. Who is going to carry the boats? We don't know because we don't know who won yet because the fight is currently... Uh, or the main card is currently almost seven hours away because it's 1.58 p.m. my time. But <laughs> So we have a little bit of time, uh, obviously, before the main card and everything like that. But um, Tony Ferguson obviously been training with uh, David Goggins, talking about being mentally strong and everything like that. And then uh, you're obviously going up against Patty Pimblett. Um, and when it comes to when it comes to Tony, is that I know that he's on a very big losing skid. And he has a chance to win this fight, depending how on how he can operate on the feet and how well he can count and like if he can counter patty's jujitsu that's probably going to be one of the biggest thing that's going to be like one of the biggest x factors in this fight and he really has to be present on the feet and what i mean by that is he has to be first in every exchange with each punch and also like he has to get inside of patty's range and like i know that patty isn't exactly like you know the most methodical looking striker when it comes to it but you know, just based off of what we saw last time against Jared Gordon, where where Gordon was, where Gordon was just constantly landing that left hook and Patty's hands were down. That's just the thing that Tony really needs to take advantage of, and I just don't see Patty being faster than like Bobby Green. You know what I mean? Because Bobby Green was just constantly sniping, constantly landing on Tony, and um and and like I said, Patty might not be the craziest striker, but here's the thing, man, like. He he has like he can be fast and aggressive with his strikes, and I'm just saying that um, with his chin up high, he constantly got got hit. You know what I mean? He got hit by Vendramini, and he got hit by Jared Gordon. So Patty really needs to watch out for how well that he can bring his take. I mean, well, no, not his takedown. Like I know that he can bring takedowns to the table, and I know that he's good with that. But when it comes to on the on the feet. His like he needs to increase. He needs to increase how he throws his shots. He needs to increase how like how well he defends his shots on the feet. And I'm just saying is my like my only opinion when it comes to watching Patty is I know that he he has like the star power, everything like that, marketability, and this that's another thing I'll, I'll get into a little bit later on. Um, you know, just just talking about like the machine and whatnot. But the thing is. I just think that when it comes to Patty right now, if you look at back on his striking, if he were to strike like that against Gaethje, against Poirier, against Chandler even, against freaking Bobby Green, dude, I guarantee you Patty's going to sleep. If he try, if he literally throws like the way he did against Jared Gordon, where he throw wide shots, not having another hand up, defending the chin, guarantee you. Like probably, I mean, I know Gaethje wouldn't really care because he he's going for he's going for bombs. Like he would land bombs, and I just think that Gaethje would just personally knock him out. He would knock him out if he could knock out Dustin Poirier and knock out all these other great guys. 
And on top of that, Poirier can knock out all these great guys. And on top of that, freaking, I think in my opinion, I feel like Benil Dariush could knock him out too. And that's not a disrespect to any of those guys. What I'm trying to say is like, I just don't see him hanging with the best of the division, especially on the feet. And even on the ground, it really depends because we haven't really seen a type of caliber opponent top 15 wise. And I know that Tony Ferguson is still is still a little behind when it comes to that. And he might not be in the top 15, but he showed glimpses. Like, do you not remember when he dropped Michael Chandler? He dropped Chandler, but then after that, he got knocked out, which we understand. And then we know that he got he got destroyed by Oliveira. Oliveira just dominated the whole time. And then same thing, same thing from Darius. All I'm trying to, and then he just looked really weird against Nate Diaz. Like he, he just looked really weird. He was constantly turning his back and everything like that. I wish that fight would have happened in their primes. Both of them, that would be a hell of a fight if we saw Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz, both of them in their primes at 170. Excuse me. It would be a really good fight, but I mean, obviously that didn't happen, but when it comes to this Tony man, like he has great submissions as he, as we's like we've seen in his career, and on top of that, like he has the wrestling as well. But you know, with Tony, I just think that if he if he constantly, you know, backs Patty, um, and like constantly makes Patty, I mean Patty, go on the back foot, I just think that you know he could possibly get inside. What I mean by that is like clinch, use elbows, and slash up those elbows. He needs to enter very well be first constantly have patty going on the back foot and i don't know if there's gonna be too much grappling in this fight but i feel like patty's gonna constantly go for the takedown because i mean right now we haven't seen that much of of patty's hands like in terms of in terms of like being that sharp and i i know that he was able to defeat i know that he was able to defeat vendramini right but like a lot of his finishes are from from you know getting on the back and and sinking in a submission like a rear naked choke and everything like that we get it but when it comes when it comes to him though, man, like I just think that with Patty, Patty really needs to sharpen up his hands for sure. And and on top of that too, I just think that if Tony can beat him to the punch every time, and maybe just land one of those straight punches, maybe like a jab or just a right hand from from Tony, because Tony can be very awkward. And and I think that Tony does have an opportunity if he can just shut down if you, if he can shut down and avoid those aggressive strikes like he did like like patty did in his debut when he when he tried to go when he tried to jump when he constantly tried to jump when he tried to hit that flying knee against the cage and then after that just just constantly wailed on him with just wild wide shots so tony really needs to be first and needs to constantly have patty going on the back foot that's just it and when it comes to patty man in like right now uh, a year after recovering from injury and a little bit of like riding high of drama still trying to win some fan backs uh fans back um you know, obviously, like I said, man, his the the adjustments he needs to make are on his stand up. He needs to keep his hands up every time he throws a shot. And on top of that too, he really needs to be methodical in terms of how he's throwing his shots. Because even though he was throwing and he was landing against Gordon, I just think that they weren't exactly the most impressive shots. They just looked a little subpar. That's just me. And and I'm not exactly the, the greatest when it comes to, you know, throwing punches myself, but I'm just saying like, if you're going to try to say that you're, that you can be a, a UFC champion, you have to sharpen that up. You have to sharpen that up. And on top of that, like, if you're going to be going up against some of these, these top dogs at 155 who can strike, you have to watch out for your standup. Cause honestly, after this one, it'd be interesting to see if like Patty fought, maybe someone like Drew Dober, or maybe if he fought someone like, I don't know, Jalen Turney, uh, Turner, uh, sorry about that. I said Jalen Turney. Uh, Jalen Turner, if he fought him or just, you know, if he fights someone who's like, who's, who's a good striker or maybe just fight someone like, I don't know, like Dariush maybe or something like that. I mean, 
there's a lot of different things that Patty really needs to prove in this fight. And obviously he has a great deal of jujitsu and he's able to constantly get the back and he's, and he's obviously doing well with takedowns and everything like that. Um, and he's obviously, you know, really skilled. He just won his uh, king of the mat, uh, the king of the mat, uh, tournament that he has every year at his gym. Um, and you know, like he's constantly just leveling up with his jujitsu and we get that. Um, but you know, he really needs to watch out for what Tony's going to do. And he really needs to show off how much better his striking has gotten. Cause I just don't think, I just don't see him making it by just constantly just going for a takedown. I mean, I know a lot of people can do that. I know that Habib can do that and everything like that, but I'm just saying like, I'm just saying that even, even though that we know that um, Habib, like a lot of people knew that Habib was going to be Connor. I mean, Habib dropped Connor. He landed that shot and, and dropped Connor. All I'm trying to say is that even though some of these guys are, are very grappling based, some of these guys do have pretty good striking. And, and I know that Habib's didn't look the greatest, but his, his whole style was to constantly go for the takedown. That's just what it was. And if, and if he was able to land a knockout or anything like that, he was able to. And even though it wasn't stand-up too, he would still maul people on the ground. All I'm trying to say is that Patty just needs to get a lot, whole lot more effective in the striking department. Now, the next one we got is Shafkat Rachmanov versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. So, obviously, for this one, this can be a very interesting fight. So, for Shafkat, man... The way that he brought the pressure against Jeff Neal the last time we saw him fight, he's very, very good. And, you know, he has a, he has a very high – I mean, he has a high guard, uh, can land takedowns, sink in submissions, and he's very special when it comes to uh, setting things up. And he can be very calculated but very calm when it comes to uh, searching for the finish. And the way that he was able to constantly land those, those bread and butter knees to the body against Jeff Neal, and on top of that, like, he was – he even though, like, he was he – was, doing well like landing he was getting caught with a lot of counters and that's something that Rachmanov has to watch out for when it comes to Stephen Thompson because Stephen Thompson when he when he's able to be very very uh very active with how he's able to move and on top of that how he's able to um you know slip off center line and constantly blitzing with that karate footwork um, he can maybe he can maybe land a few kicks at the end of those combinations by by moving in with the one two and then after that maybe landing a high kick or maybe a kick to the kick to the legs. And when Thompson fought Kevin Holland, he was constantly in the back foot, and I, I think that's what Rockmanall needs to do for Steven. And and Steven has to keep this fight at kicking range because Shavkat can take him down. Shavkat can take Steven down. And when it comes to this though. I mean, Shavkat has has nine has nine finishes by submission, and I think eight by KO last time I saw. And the thing is with Thompson, he has to use his speed, he has to use his sidekicks, he has to use and like his entries have to be very very smart. And and like I said, he has to keep this fight at range with the kicks. And if he can and if he can keep his range slide in and out with his very with his like very calculated footwork and how he blitzes. He has to stay away from from being on the back foot. He has to make Shavkat back up. He cannot be on the back foot the whole fight. And on top of that, too, like if Shavkat enters, Shavkat could land on Steven. And it's gonna be a very interesting fight. But you know, like I said, Steven just really needs to fight this fight at range. Now, the next one we have is Alexandre or Alexandre Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. So for this one right here, man, this is going to be a very interesting fight considering that uh didn't really watch both of these two that much. But when it comes to um what I've seen, these guys are going to be a really fun fight. And the, now the first time I really watched Pantoja was when he fought Brendan Moreno. 
And and that's just because, you know, there's a few guys at flyweight that I, that I really pay attention to. Um, I mean, obviously, I pay attention to uh, Moreno, Figueredo. And Figueredo had a, had a really good debut at 135, by the way, against Rob Font. Really great job. Um, and then, obviously, you have Kai Kaikara France, who's one of my favorite. Um, but when it comes to these two guys, like, this is just going to be a straight barn burner just in terms of, like, both of their styles. Because their styles are very, you know... <laughs> They are very kill or be killed kind of guys. And like with Pantoja, man, I mean, obviously he won the belt in a very great fight against uh, against Brandon Moreno. That's like probably one of my favorite fights of the year. It was a, it was a heck of a fight. Um, it was an all-out war where he brought the pressure on the feet, the wrestling, and he was able to drop Moreno. Uh, you know, he's very tough. He's consistently trying to be all over uh, Moreno, and he was able to do that. And even though the thing is he's super crafty with his ground game as well, but, you know, when Pantoja just walks forward and he constantly looks for exchanges – He's just he's just accepting that he can get knocked out and he's getting brain damage, but he's, like the man just walks forward and just constantly throws. Like he'll throw everything, the kitchen sink, he'll throw I don't know, like your mom's favorite mug, he'll throw everything. And the thing is, man, like he's going to have to close that distance from Royval, man, cuz Royval like Royval is very very crafty with how well he can pressure. And on top of that too, his cardio is absolutely insane. And when it comes to like getting in close with someone, he can make them exchange. And like I said, with Pantoja, even though it might not look the cleanest at times, he can land really well. But the thing is with, with Royval, Royval is going to constantly play the game of constantly being in front of your face, constantly throwing out, you know, maybe just constantly touching the lead hand, maybe doing a few leg like leg kick feints or just kick feints in general. Because he's he's in front, he's in front of you, he has freakish cardio, he's gonna constantly try to throw something. And when it comes down to it, he is very fast to react. I mean, just like when he was able to knock out Nicolau, because when he knocked out Nicolau with that knee and counter knee, he, he just he just knocked him down. After that, just followed up and made an absolute statement, beating the number five in the world. Obviously, he's number four. But, you know, for him to for him to go up uh, and, and just make a statement like that in his last fight and, and for Pantoja to become the new champion dethroning Moreno, this is going to be a really interesting fight and we really get to see some more great MMA and this one's actually going to be a bloodbath, I think. Um, and when it comes to Royval, man, like he brings so much forward pressure, like I said, and he has a really great job closing the distance. And even though he is he's tall and he might have a little bit of, of range, he is willing to to try to constantly be in front and not just try to play the conservative range game. Just like when he fought against Kai Carl France, he constantly was walking in front of him and was constantly trying to land the straight punches. And he was just constantly in his face throwing. And that's one thing that, that Royval is trying to do too. He's very killer be killed too. So this is going to be a really fun fight. Really excited to see. And I mean, who knows? Maybe even the ground exchanges will be really fun too, especially with both their backgrounds. Um, and especially like with how well that uh, Roy Vall is good with jujitsu, and how well that Pantoja will probably just take a few shots, but then we'll just try to land a takedown or just try to control maybe against the cage. But um, and obviously, last but not least, we have the main event. So we have Leon Rocky Edwards versus Colby Chaos Covington for the welterweight title. Now, this one right here is a very, very interesting fight, considering that even though even though that, you know, well, this is this is one thing that I want to talk about, like how like how I mentioned the the quote unquote machine, like I was saying earlier. 
So what I mean by the machine, the machine is purely how the UFC and, and other fight fight businesses work. They want to put on the biggest fights and everything like that. And they want to they want to attract eyes. And even though I said, like, in my opinion, I'm just not really the biggest fan of, of uh, Bala Muhammad. But, you know, you can't deny what he's done. And I understand that he might not have, excuse me, he might not have the most entertaining personality, as like some people might say. But the thing is, man, like, he like he deserves a spot, you know. Like I and like and I understand like when you have marketability over stats, or you have or you have hard work, and and then you have like marketability, it feels like the UFC sometimes just goes to marketability instead of like looking at the stats and everything like that. Because that's basically what it was for for Leon for a while. And look at him; he's a champ. So all I'm saying is that with this one, they kind of did Bilal dirty, even though I'm not really the biggest fan of Bilal. But I mean, you can't knock what he's done. You really can't. Um, and I know that they might not be the most fan friendly, but you have to respect him and just say that, Hey man, like he deserves a title shot. You know what I mean? And for this one right here, we get to see because Bilal's actually going to be the number one contender after this fight. Well, well not number one contender. He's going to be, he's actually going to be next for the belt. Not number one, not just number one contender. He's going to be fighting for the belt next. Now the next one we got is like I said, Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. So for Leon, man. I mean, undoubtedly shook up the world after he knocked out uh, Kamar Usman in the dying moments of the fight uh, the second time, then actually defended it really well against Usman to take him 2-1 uh, up in the trilogy. Um, and for Leon, man, like the way that he's going to try to dominate Colby, and I just think that with with Kamaru, when he fought him the second time, I mean, the way that the way that Leon was constantly able to uh, try to establish range, throw like range, throw kicks to the body, throw kicks to the legs, and constantly like counter the punches. Like Leon, Leon has to establish the range. He has to throw kicks. He has to counter the volume uh, from Kobe by by countering well on the feet. And I just think that if he constantly lands kicks to the body, or maybe even that that trademark head kick. Like that's something that Leon's gonna have to do, and I think that with Colby, Colby's obviously gonna try to try to pressure forward and make Leon throw, and I think that's exactly what Colby wants. But the thing is, like Edwards really needs to counter the wrestling and be smart with his entries because Leon is going to have to react really fast and use his entries for counters. And like the way that he was able to to uh, to fight against Bilal when they had their fight, even though it ended really badly, I mean. The one that the one way that he was able to do really well against Muhammad was, I mean, he was able to score and land one of his trademark head kicks. He was putting forth uh, like forward pressure against the wrestler standing in front of Bilal, and on top of that, just cutting off the octagon, uh, especially against the cage as well. And he's constantly switching stances. He's he's going for he's uh, he's doing a little bit of like body feints, and what I mean by that is like he he might be standing up tall, and then after that, dipping. Uh, slightly or he's constantly just you know fanning with the leg kicks and everything like that constantly maybe throwing little hand feints out there that's one thing that Leon does really well and when it comes when it comes to Colby like I said Colby's gonna constantly come forward and and go for shots against the cage and he's gonna constantly throw shots towards Leon he's gonna try to throw maybe 15 shots like like in the span of like 10 seconds and when it comes to that Colby is, has has been here three times before and for one time, like for the first time, it was for interim gold, and the other two is for undisputed. And now, after a complete turnaround and personality, obviously becoming the guy he is now, um, you know, he, he's obviously bringing a lot of stuff to to the antics, and especially with what what he said about Leon's dad, that was a little bit below the belt. Um, for those who don't know, that uh, uh, Leon's dad was actually murdered. Um, 
and and Colby said something pretty a little bit insensitive. Not really the biggest fan of that. Uh, but the reason why I kind of like Colby is is because of like what he tries to bring to the division in terms of like the personality. And even though it might not be the greatest, obviously with some of the things he says, like he's trying to do it for a business model. I'm not in no, in no way. Am I saying that? Like I, like I appreciate what he said. Cause like what he said, I was like that, that's just not acceptable. What I'm trying to say is that that's the entertainment part, but at the same time, like in a way, Bilal should be more, should be more qualified to be a contender and like to be a contender for the belt, and honestly, I think Bilal should probably be in front of Colby, and that's just my opinion. Because if Colby, the only the only problem with with this for the UFC is that if Colby does become the champ, personally, I just think that he's gonna say no to Shavkat or or Steven. He's gonna say no to the some of the big dogs in the division. Like if if JDM does well, JDM like if JDM constantly moves forward, even though he's had a he's had a rocky two fights. Uh, his last two fights were a little bit weird with how with how they went. Uh. I just don't really think that, you know, he's going to take those types of fights. That's just my opinion. Um, so when it comes to uh, Kobe, though, I just think that with Kobe, he's talked a lot about certain changes. But the one thing we have to do is we have to see what he brings in terms of that, because we could hear changes, changes, changes. But really have to see with what he brings to the table. And uh, <coughs> when it comes to Kobe. Uh, a lot of people might hear him like talk a lot and everything like that, and it's it's a it's obviously a business model to to be a heel to have someone try to pay to watch uh, someone beat him, obviously. But uh, when it comes to Kobe, man, he's going to constantly bring that that volume approach, constantly just throwing shots, constantly shooting for shots, like wrestling shots against the against the cage and everything like that. But um, definitely, when it comes to Kobe, uh, like he he really needs to be very careful with how he how he uh how he enters in this fight as well because he could be countered by by Leon. But the thing is when it comes to Kobe, um Kobe really needs to watch out for um you know what Leon can do as well to to counter that wrestling. And the thing is with Kobe man, like he was very patient in in the Usman fight and I feel like just he had his moments, but I feel like Kamaru just had just had more to offer, and even though that Colby has has a very great like volume approach to to fights, like just like when he fought uh, Kamaru the first time, I think that Colby cannot allow Leon to establish his range. That's just my opinion. Uh, but anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best of all leading league sports combat sports Saturday slate, and I'll talk to you guys next time.